you earn a living, you probably own a business, work for one, or want to start one. Business is central to your life. But do most business shows really speak to you? Today on the show, the billion dollar valuation of Balogu and Broad does. Let's talk about the stock market and Alaba market. Let's talk about share IPOs and diesel supply LPOs. Let's talk about Broad Street. The Nigerian Stock Exchange recorded an all-time high of and Balogun Street. Uh, the maximum I was spent on fuels on throw mm. was 4000 On Balogu and Broad, Wednesdays at 5. Lagos, I'm Sandra Ezek Wesley, and this is the Realest Business Show on the radio. On Balogo and Broad, we talk about how the issues in the news affect businesses of all sizes and the people um, who work for these businesses. How should VAT collection work in the informal sector? How should VAT collection work in the informal sector? Earlier this month, the Federal Inland Revenue Service announced the VAT Directive initiative. It's a partnership with the Market Traders Association of Nigeria, MATAN, to collect VAT and other taxes from its members. However, Lagos, when we had MATAN on this show, they told us that they cannot collect VAT fully for now due to technical challenges, which brings us to today's business hard fact. According to the Finance Ministry's Director of Tax Policy, Nigeria's VAT receipts are less than 1% of GDP. Federal government believes that this is too low for several reasons. In OECD countries, which are very rich economies, I should say, VAT is about 7% of GDP. In those countries, though, they don't expect VAT to be a major um, tax contributor because they have large formal sectors generating big income tax receipts. But in a country like Nigeria with low formal employment, the government has to rely on commodity taxes like VAT. So we should see a higher percentage of GDP in VAT. But the problem has been how to collect VAT from our informal sector with challenges like low literacy for filing, poor enumeration, documentation of SMEs. The list is long. So while the FIRS tries to figure out this thing through the VDI and other means, let's talk about what those challenges actually are. Let's talk about how other countries have tried to over, uh, overcome these challenges. Let's talk about what could work for Nigeria. We're streaming live on Facebook, Nigeria Info 99.3. Facebook is Nigeria Info 99.3. YouTube, Nigeria Info FM. So feel free to watch the interview live. My guest is Associate Director in the Tax Team at PwC, Ayo Akinduite. Good to have you on the show. Welcome to Balogun Broad on Hard Facts. Hi, good evening. Good evening. Thank you for having me. Uh, good evening, viewers, uh, listeners. Yes. Thank you very much for being here. All right. Now, um, Lagos, I also want to hear from you. What questions or comments do you have about VAT collection from the informal sector or about VAT in general, to be honest with you? Women call me on 01465-7190. Men call me on 0700-993-993-993. Ayo, let's let's start with... um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for now? Vatable items, right? For vatable items, every rese- reseller along the chain um, charges VAT. What's the process for each of these businesses to file and remit to FIRS? Um, okay. Yeah. Thank you very much once again for having me. Yeah, the process is pretty um, 
um, for most taxpayers simple. You would apply a rate of 7.5% mm. on the value of the item, if it's a valuable item, mm. and then basically pass it on until you get to, or through the value chain, until you get to the final consumer. You know, typically VAT is meant to be borne by the final consumer, right? So, mm. um, take for example, um, you're buying a laptop, somebody manufactured a laptop, maybe at a point um, if it was manufactured locally, then the manufacturer will put his VAT uh, components on it, moves from the manufacturer to the wholesaler, to the retailer, mm. until it gets you and I, who then picks up... Um, you know the the the, um, the the laptop, and each of these players in the value chain is meant to file their VAT returns. Um, and there are two key components that needed to be included in that VAT return: your impute VAT, which is basically saying the VAT costs have incurred, you know, as part of the process, you know, for um, putting together or for manufacturing, you know that item, then the output VAT, which is basically what I charge my um, my customer. <clears throat> so at the end of the day, the difference between the two is what is paid. So so that's why all through the value chain and by the time it gets to the final consumer, that's the person that actually bears the cost. Hmm. All right then. That's quite the uh, the process that you've, you've painted for us. Now, what challenges has the FIRS faced collecting VAT from the informal sector? Yeah, I think a big challenge is with respect to data, right? Um, where do you find the informal sector? Um, how do you locate where is place of business is. Some are itinerant, you know, moving around from one place to the other. Unlike the former sector where you have, um, you know, a properly structured environment, you have an office. So the tax authority can actually come to your office and say, okay, I want to audit your books. You have a requirement to provide your financial statement. Um, you have an auditor that checks and validates that, you know, the numbers in your financial statement are reliable. So many a times, this structure is not available in the informal sector. So the key challenge is having data with respect to what is the economic activity of the informal sector player. How much has he incurred in, in terms of VAT cost from his input that goes into his manufacturing process or whatsoever is is um, doing and how much VAT has he applied on his output that his eventual customers you know basically pick from him. So the key challenge with FRS with respect to informal sector is being able to have access to information that can help the tax authority to independently assess what should be the appropriate tax, VAT in particular, and of course, you know, uh, the profit tax is also, you know, that this informal sector player um, should uh, put in into the tax net. Hmm. Now, have you um, paid attention to this VAT direct initiative? What do you think about that? Um, well, of course, you know, this has been the public domain for a while yeah. and uh, we have mixed reactions, you know. Um, if you felt, you no, know, it's really not going to achieve a lot, 
why and, and the reasons you know um i think yeah, it's things that we can relate to um there's some that believe that the cost of collection is going to be so huge you know that the revenue that will come will not will barely cover that cost so and the question is hey why are you then undertaking this activity you know some felt that um you know the indirect uh, the informal sector is um, there are small players, and as small players, if you are the your level of activity usually measured by your turnover or your sales is not up a certain threshold. At the moment, it's about twenty five million naira. You know, then you are not required to actually remit VAT to the tax authority, right? Mm -hmm. But my personal view is that. You know, whatsoever would help to improve the tax um, administrative process, I'm all for it, right? So I think this is a new initiative, and I'm very happy to see how the tax authority is able to explore this to gather data about the informal sector, right? And I know it might not be in all cases that the informal sector is so small. You know, there are some major markets in Nigeria, you know, particularly in Lagos, you have a labor market where there are massive, huge financial flows, transactions running into millions. So it may not be in all cases that they are so small. Um, so, and, and it's good that this is a partnership with the market uh, association themselves, you know, which is a form of self-regulation, right? They're basically saying we want to get our members to support the drive hmm. to improve tax revenue in the country, to get our members to comply and support the tax authority in achieving its objective. Hmm. And of course, there's something in it for them also, right? Because with structure, um, relationship with the tax authority, that brings some level of um, um, identification, right? That brings some level of clarity to the kind of activities happening. And then that may be an opportunity to bring the conversation to the multiple taxes that these players are, are, are open to. Recently, I was having a conversation with uh, well, what, maybe what you, someone you could refer to as an informal player in Alaba market. And he was complaining about the number of levies and fees and taxes he had to pay just to bring his goods from the port right there in Lagos to Alaba markets. Different levels of, uh, of uh, toiling, you know, so to say, like, it's as if we have toll gates mm. and different ports. So, so there is something in it also for them, you know, and I think, in my view, I think it's a good idea moving in the right direction. And we've always made this point, you know, that the challenge with Nigeria is that everybody is not in the tax net. So whatever we can do to get everybody into the tax net will always be a welcome development rather than trying to keep the few people that are in the tax net and taxing them to death. You know, basically saying, hey, you are in the tax net. I wanted you to pay more. I want to check to be sure you are paying, you know, and you are auditing them to death. But rather, I think an effort to bring everybody into the tax net. And interestingly, this association says they have membership of uh, probably over 40 million, you know. So that's quite a large population, right? Mm. So, and I don't think we can ignore that. Mm. Now, I spoke with the association itself. Uh, I spoke with their consultants as well, as well on, on the show. And they said... 
that they are going to focus on assessing VAT um, on transportation and logistics for now. Basically, it's VAT collection for the people who are transporting goods to and from markets. And I have to ask you, is this because transportation is a relatively easy service to capture, uh, 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 capture VAT for? Um, it's, um, well, like, like, like I mentioned earlier, anything in the informal sector will be a challenge because of the difficulty in putting the data out there. But if the critical stakeholder, like the market association says, we're going to support you. The market association is probably not the operator of the logistics or transport system, right? They probably have service provider, but they don't consume the service, right? So if they're open to data exchange with the tax authority and make the data available. I says, okay, this is how much I'm paying. You know, the, the tax authority is talking to the logistic guy and the logistic guy is saying, sorry, um, business has been dull. Business has not been good. But, you know, you effectively have the, the, the person that has paid um, the logistic company saying, this is how much I've paid in the last one month. And probably maybe that's running into um, hundreds of millions of naira, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so that is a good starting point for the tax authority to then interrogate and have a basis to approach the logistics company and say, "Sorry, uh, this is your tax liability. This is your VAT and uh, maybe any other form of taxes that should have been paid." So, information is power in today's world. So, so clearly, I think that collaboration. Would would yield some positive uh, some positive results? Hmm. All right, Lagos. Before we talk a bit more with our guest again, he is an associate director in the tax team at PwC. His name is Ayo Akinduite, and he's here today uh, talking to us about how VAT collection should work in the informal sector. Join the conversation: zero seven zero zero nine nine three nine nine three nine nine three zero one four six five seven one nine zero. However, we've been telling you over and over and over that there's a way that you can win some money. How much are we winning again, Toria? 90,000 naira every day. 90,000 every day. Toria, tell me a bit more. Lagos, good news. If you haven't heard, we won't play little. The prize money is 90,000 naira every day. A total of 90,000 naira can now be won every day on Nigeria Info. All you have to do is dial star 7347-880-3 hash and pay only 200 naira. Yes, with 200 naira, you can win as many more every day. And you can listen to the live draw on WhatsApp Lagos from 11.15 to 11.25 from Monday to Friday. Game on 8.15 to 8.25 p.m. every weekday. Chat station 10.15 to 10.25 p.m. every weekday. And remember, all you have to do is dial star 347 star 880 star 3 hash with only 200 naira and follow the prompt. Do you want to share that code again but share it slowly because you're just flying by it. So just slow down. I don't want to miss this. Uh, I know, I know, I know. Just, you know, just, just just slow, just slow it down. Okay. Uh-huh. All you have to do is dial star three four seven star eight eight zero star three hash. Period. Again, star what? Star three four seven star eight eight zero star three hash. All right. Thank you very much, Toria, for that. Lagos, join the conversation. What do you want to know about VAT? Zero seven zero zero nine nine three nine nine three nine nine three zero one four six five seven one nine zero. Now, um. 
Uh, Ayo, one of the difficulties uh, collecting VAT in the informal sector, we've both uh, touched on it a bit since we started talking, is filing. So, uh, and this is an example I give all the time on Hard Facts. The people who listen know that I give this example all the time. With supermarkets, we now have a great system where the barcode scanner automatically calculates the VAT, files with FIRS. But with the informal uh, traders, most of their items are not barcoded you also don't have scanners and all of that meaning that before now you relied on manual filing how have other countries with large informal sectors and low literacy levels handled this filing problem handled its own filing problem um <laughs> the, the scenario you've described is very um very peculiar to um, the developing countries where we don't have the infrastructure. Mm. And um, so it it's, continues to be a big challenge uh, because you know, the data you don't have is really difficult to be able to measure it. Um, what a few other countries have, have done is to gradually improve the infrastructure mm. and you know gradually move things from um, and bring the infrastructure to the, um, you know, to, to uh, the doorstep of the informal sector. Mm-hmm. And I think we have a couple of uh, opportunities, you know, to leapfrog and take advantage of, um, you know, uh, this also in Nigeria. Uh, we see a lot of traction in fintech. We see a lot of uh, activities in, in um, some kind of, you know, using technology for payment services. Um you know, uh, the, and the uh, CBN policy around Naira redesign, the e-Naira, these are opportunities. Unfortunately, these have not been properly managed. So uh, and it looks like it's a lost opportunity. But typically, you've seen a lot of uh, places where you never thought you could have things like, um, you know, some kind of payment platform. That would that, that, that would be um, you no know, like market where 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 you sell basic items right mm-hmm. and you see them today having POS you know having the the ability for you to make uh, transfers you know using the USSD codes or using uh, payment apps and all that you know so I think what we need to do is to continue along that trajectory. Um, the CBN has a very useful tool in Inera, but I'm wondering why we are not driving that in a more aggressive way, you know, providing incentive for people to use it. You know, so I could hear you talk about, um, you know, um, a, uh, some kind of opportunity for listeners. You know, to get 90,000 right just by spending 200 Naira, you know. I'm sure many of us will probably be willing to use Inera if, uh, there's some kind of incentive that is made available to you mm. um, such that, you know, with the, we're then able to digitize our payment structure. Once the information is there and it's captured, it becomes easier for the taxman to have access to data and then it can do a more accurate evaluation of, um, you know, or what the uh, tax liabilities uh, will be. You know, and there are a couple of schemes. For example, you know, the, the Brazilian experience, which is very similar to what we're doing on radio at the moment, where as a taxpayer, you know, I just basically take my uh, evidence of my VAT uh, payment 
and uh, take it and uh, you know make it available to the tax authority. What's the benefits of that? The tax authority then have information about um, informal sector players and even former sector players who are not fully complying by remitting the withholding tax, the, the VAT that they withheld. You know, so you have charged your client's VAT. Your responsibility is to file that VAT uh, information with the tax authority and then remit the payment to the tax authority within 21 days or within 14 days as the case may be. But you probably have instances where some people just collect and maybe are not, not efficiently remit the money to the tax authority. So if you make that information available to the tax authority with a promise for some kind of reward, you know, maybe, you know, like in the case of Brazil where they instituted a, a, a raffle draw where, you know, if you are successful, then, you know, the, you, you get rewarded. You know, and that information becomes available to the tax authority. And on the basis of that, they're able to make sure that all VAT or significant percentage of that ends up in government coffers. You know, so so I think for me, in summary, I'll say, can we leverage more on technology? You know, the fact that it's an informal sector uh, does not mean that you cannot use um, quite a lot of uh, the payment platforms. Can we explore options where we incentivize, you know, um, taxpayers to make information available to tax authority. Yes, you have paid your VAT. It is important that that VAT also get into government coffers so that government can use it for the purpose of, um, you know, providing infrastructure and, you know, many other good things for us in this society. All right, Lagos, if you just tuned in, I have on the show with me a tax expert talking to me about how VAT collection should work yeah. in the informal sector. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. And I have on the show with me a tax expert and associate director in the tax team at PwC, Ayo Akinduite. And today we're talking about how uh, VAT collection should work in the informal sector. You can watch this conversation live on Facebook, Nigeria Info 99.3, YouTube, Nigeria Info FM. Now, let's um, talk about um, a point you made earlier on, Ayo, about um, data collection, right? And I want us to dive into that uh, for, for, for a moment. VAT isn't like corporate in income tax, which is paid once in a period. It's a per-transaction assessment, so even if FIRS partners with groups like Matan, the Market Association uh, Group, and they help them enumerate all the informal players, there's still the question of how do we go about tracking all the transactions that these players do daily to ensure that they are assessing and collecting VAT and that they are remitting what they collect. Um, very, um, very interesting, uh, interesting one there. I think from um, the conversation and the and the collaboration between FRS and Matan, one of the things that was very clear is that that collaboration they intend to use technology um, for the VAT direct uh, initiative, right? Mm. And I 
Um, I don't have a lot of details around what type of technology they will be using, but I expect it will be the kind of technology that will provide the uh, data points, you know, the, tech, the kind of technology that will provide the trail, you know, such that you are not taking anybody's words for it, right? You have documentary evidence that you can use to review, to evaluate and appropriately assess taxpayers and possibly even audit the process, you know, to be sure that um, the right amount, uh, you know, is being subjected to VAT and, um, you know, there are no um, under-the-table transactions. All transactions are fully disclosed for the purposes of taxes and, um, you know, so, 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 so I think clearly um, it's a case of adopting the appropriate technology. Um, and that's been the big challenge with the informal sector um, for many years, um, because eventually uh, when you have an opportunity to even see, you know, at, at the beginning of this conversation, I said one of the key challenges the tax authority is facing is mm. even to identify and locate the uh, informal sector player could mm. be a challenge. Mm. But when you eventually locate and identify him, how do you even assess the level of economic activities that is um, you know, that is carried out by the informal sector player? What has Maybe worked? Look at the what, has, what, what has worked? Oh, sorry, finish that thought. Finish that thought. Okay. Yeah, yes. No, finish that thought. Maybe you look at what in the store. Ayo, can you hear me? Yeah, hello. Yeah, I'm struggling to hear you clearly. Oh, sorry about that. Is it better now? Okay. Yes, I was asking, I was asking, um, you know, uh, you were saying something about maybe what they should do is look at the items in the store. Was that what you were going to say? I interrupted you yeah. there. Yeah, so I was basically saying that, you know, typically, you know, um, one way is to say, okay, you visit um, maybe a shop. You no, know, I think let's use our Alaba example again. Right. And you basically just see a few items on display and you assume that that is all. Mm -hmm. And you said, oh, looking at the value of items here, this probably up to 25 million. So mm -hmm. I, shouldn't, I shouldn't be bothering this guy about VAT. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure you've been to shops before where the shop owner will tell you that, hey, Please, my customer, just sit down and wait for me. Mm. I have these items in my parking store mm. or in my warehouse. Mm -hmm. And, you know, tax authority may not have information about that. Mm -hmm. But what technology does is, end-to-end, -end, you are able to capture basically everything. What is the inventory? What are the things, the input that has gone into the kind of investment, the assets that um, these um, informal uh, practitioner has invested in? Then you basically then also able to see the 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 footprint of his revenue, you know. So so you can see his input VAT. Mm -hmm. You can also assess reasonably to a large extent his output VAT, such that nothing is left to chance. Nothing is left to uh, because you are you are a good man. You come out and disclose. You no, know, it's you know it should be a case of having a system that work, a process that work so you're able to mine data. In today's world, data is good. So it right? seems to me, it seems to me like um, that's the real challenge, right? The real critical challenge with VAT in the informal sector and nobody seems to be articulating a precise solution for it. There's a lot of up-up talk. Would you agree? 
So, sorry, I didn't get that. There's a lot of what? Uh, there's a lot of, I, I like to call it up, up talk, you know, just, you know, oh, hello, la VAT, you know, there's not a lot of um, articulating precisely what the solution should be. What has worked in other developing countries? What could tech look like here? Is this a new frontier? Um, okay, I, I think uh, I struggle a bit to hear what you're saying, but um, I, I think I hear something around what do we think the solution options to be? No, no, no. So what I'm saying, what I'm asking is what has worked in other developing countries? What what should the technology look like? Are we um, in new territory here? No, it's um, you know, it's it's really nothing out of the ordinary. Um, you know, you, you did ma- made mention of uh, the barcodes. You know that is you know the very wide widely used in the supermarket chain. You know, so that that's something that could be adopted. Um, it could, could it could be some form of cloud computing. You know, such so, such that wherever you are, you know, um, you know the tax authority could have. And, and and an interface, you know, that the um, you know the matter members will need to um, make use of for the purpose of their economic activities. Whether you are buying things, you are logging it there. That okay, um, this, this is the stock of items I have, and now I need to restock. And who am I buying from? I'm buying from somebody in uh, maybe Unicha or somebody in Kano. Uh, uh, um, you know, and he's bringing those items to me in Lagos. And then who am I selling to? And then have all the necessary details also that is properly automated. And the good thing about Matan is that they've basically told us that they have a database of their members. They have, um, you know, and FRS is going to leverage on that, you know, to issue tax identification number 10 for each player in, in the informal sector. But I'm wondering, you know, why make all these investments in a separate database? You know, is it possible that this can be integrated with the uh, national uh, ID card, the NIM uh, system? You know, so that once you're registered in NIM, it just basically captures you. But clearly, there's a need for uh, the tax authority to, to make some investments into um, some 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 form of robust robust uh, data gathering system, um, some investment in data analytics, you know, uh, so that you're able to make it. Because you're going to be you have you know over 40, 000, 40 million people, you know, so you're going to be you have access to mega data, you know. But what do you? take out of that data? Are you able to analyze it? How do you, uh, what kind of insight is that data providing to you? And even though this is all about VAT, but you may be surprised, this may provide great insight even to other form of taxes, like your profit taxes. You know, how are we sure that the major supplier of this informal sector player who manufactures maybe plastic, uh, somewhere in uh, one of the industrial uh, estates in Ilukweju, how are you sure that he's fully disclosing his tax? He's fully disclosing his revenue, you know, but by working with the informal sector player, this data can all help you to make sense of all these details in different bits and pieces, and by the time you pull it together, it's building a, 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 a vast 
uh, array of uh, economic data that, that helps for for uh, for projection and it helps with tax administration. Hmm. All right, Lagos, join the conversation. 0700-993-993-993-01465-7190. Hello, thanks for calling us. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Can yes, you hear me? Right, good day. Good day. How are you? What's your name? Uh, yeah, I've listened to this gentleman. Mm-hmm. I think I did some tax-related uh, uh, matters like that okay. when I was in service. Okay. Please. If we, from what he has said, mm. if we follow these uh, tax matters, mm. they appear a bit regimental in approach. They're like, what tax force arrangement? Mm. See, we have excisable goods. And at the point of exit from the warehouse, they mm. pay excise. Mm. Charge your VAT there. Now, 99% of imports into this country, the Nigerian customs collect VAT. Now, I know that we don't adhere to regulations. The ECLS is just lying down. The CAT, which is the Common External Tariff, and the ECOWAS State Liberalization, all those things are just lying down. These are tax uh, avenues. We should not now begin to say, okay, you go to the Alaba market, you say, this man, uh, I want to buy this, your uh, oil for, origin oil or spanner for 1,000. Okay, Oga, one way I'll get for way house, fat, fat, no day, I will give you. You will fail. You will get that right. So I think that at the point of entry, which is uh, important, hmm. and at the point, at the ex factory, which is where it leaves the factory, where it is manufactured, taxes can charge them. Hmm. Then in the local government, where they do this market, uh, they pay, once you bring your garage, you pay. At that point, the local government can be engaged. Hmm. And like this gentleman said, give the payers something that will encourage them to keep paying. Mm-hmm. What is that? Oh, one, um, what do you call that? Uh, is it a Dropbox or something? Uh, you drop your ticket for raffle or whatever. And look at the local woman come to pay tax. And at the end of the day, say, look good. Next Sunday or every end of the month, there's a raffle. And he wins one small business, hmm. one small too. He, she or she will be encouraged to be paying these taxes. Hmm. Let's not make it look too regimental. Okay. Because regulations are hardly adhered to when you want to enforce it in okay. this our country. That's my experience. Thank you. Thank you very much for calling and um, sharing your thoughts. Ayo, what do you think about uh, what the caller just said? Apologies, I didn't hear what the caller said at all. The network is really poor. I don't know. Can you paraphrase and just give a very high-level summary of it? Okay, so um, he mentioned that sometimes the problem is that we are quite regimented with how we go about enforcement. He agreed with your point about... um, was the word I'm looking for now, incentives um, for people who would like to come in and pay tax. I don't know. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Yes. Oh, fantastic. Yes. So, um, and then he said that instead of like being very quite regimented about all of this, how about we have a system where we can capture VAT at point of import and leaving the warehouse? Um, because it seems to him that this matan and this VDI is essentially um, giving a facelift, like a makeover to an a task force. Um, and he doesn't think that that would work. We need to... 
uh, employ other approaches um, if we want uh, uh, um, this uh, uh, collection of taxes to work. And I wonder what you think about that. No, no, I, uh, no, I, I think um, I, 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 I agree also uh, with that line of thought. Is the tax for system really hasn't worked in Nigeria? Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure there, there are many examples. You have the port, the congestion tax for maybe that's the right word. I don't know. And at the moment, I'm not sure the port are free of um, you know, those trucks, you know. So so I'm I, I, I also of the school of thought that I believe in institu institutionalizing things, right, rather than the task force approach. And I believe this is probably a starting point, um, you know, this relationship between FRS and the uh, market association. But I believe over time it's going to be integrated into uh, the institution uh, that manages and it becomes just a normal, you know, and not really any special arrangements, you know. Um, I, I, and I think it's part of the evolving uh, improvements that we're seeing in our tax administration. You know, in the last couple of years, for example, even if in the former sector, we've seen significant investment by the tax authority in digitization and automation. I'm sure you probably know about um, the system called tax promise. Of course, it has its issues. We have concerns with respect to how it's being operationalized, but it's yeah, a significant improvement over the completely manual process that we have before now. So, and I believe this relationship between FRS and the market association will take us all, all also a step closer to that desired um, uh, uh, place where we have a fully digitized economy, you know, that makes it easier for the tax authority to do its, do its job, that make the cost of collection to be lower, that makes revenue from taxes to grow substantially that makes us to increase our tax to GDP revenue without necessarily going back to say we need to um, increase or adjust our tax rate because technology and some of this relationship can help to close the, um, the, the holes, you know, uh, the, 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 the tax losses, those taxes that ordinarily should have ended up in the federation account, but are filtered the way through, um, you know, um, you know, inefficiencies in our manual, in the manual process that we have at the moment. So, so I believe, you know, all these initiatives will help to close the gap and bring everybody into the tax net. At the moment, the guys in the former sector are the one bearing the brunt. They're the one being, you know, has to pay, you know, uh, and of course, you know, that's the right thing to do. We should all pay our taxes. Uh, but you know, clearly, um, if, we are, if we are planning to go, grow our GDP to, um, you know, a trillion, um, a trillion dollars, uh, then clearly uh, our tax revenue also need to uh, move at a much faster rate uh, to ensure that um, we have the necessary um, 
revenue uh, to fund uh, the development uh, and, and infrastructure uh, that we, we, we so um, so much lack at the moment in the country. Mm. Doyin says, uh, we are mixing up VAT with sales tax. VAT is value-added tax already collected by manufacturers and importers from distributors. Collection of so-called VAT from market men and women amounts to multiple taxation of end users. Unfortunately, we have uh, one minute so I, I don't know if that's enough time to address uh, that comment from Doing on WhatsApp. Ayo, do you think one minute is enough? Um, okay, let's give it a trial. So what was the comment? Um, he says that uh, VAT, collection of VAT from market men and women amounts to multiple taxation of end users because uh, VAT has already been collected by manufacturers and importers from distributors. What do you say to that? We've got one minute. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes, uh, I'll, uh, I think I think I touched that actually at the beginning of our conversation. Yes, you did. VAT is a multi-layer tax, right? Mm-hmm. The manufacturer will apply VAT and say, "Yes, I produce this item." When the manufacturer sells it to an wholesaler, the wholesaler then applies VAT also. But there is an impute VAT mechanism that allows the wholesaler to recoup whatever VAT he has paid to the manufacturer and then charges you know, the retailer VAT, okay? Mm-hmm. Then the retailer then charges VAT to the final consumer. So the person that bears the burden of VAT is actually the final, final consumer. consumer. Okay. The process is really not double taxation. All right, Ayo. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Ayo is an associate director with the tax team at PwC, and he's been so gracious with his time. Thank you, Ayo. Yeah, thank you very much. All right. Lagos, up next, let's talk about exports. We'll have that conversation about exports after the news at 6. So from 6.15 until 6.45. Don't go away.